Good morning and welcome to Worshiping with West Online. We are worshiping here, uh, live stream at Lake Norman High School on this snowy morning. Thank you for choosing to join in with us. We wanted to err on the side of caution this morning. And frankly, it takes a lot to get West up and running because we are a portable church. So in order to uh, be, to do worship with excellence, because that's what we believe in, we decided to offer you what we hope is excellent worship online. I know the music will be excellent. The message, well, it's probably a little sketchy, but you can determine that in a few minutes. Uh, this morning, I had planned on us, as we continue in the message series, The Shack, we were going to give away some money. Last week, we talked about where is God in the midst of our pain? And how can there be a good God, a loving God, and a powerful God, and evil still exists in the world? We are looking at the book, The Shack by Paul Young. It is a modern-day parable. And yeah, there's been some flack on the internet that we read, you know, that it's heresy to look at this book. We are not treating the book as scripture, but we are treating it as a modern-day parable. And I believe, the people of West believe, that God didn't stop speaking a couple of thousand years ago that God still speaks to us and through us today. So that's one of the reasons that we're looking at the shack. So today we are going to talk about what does God see? What does God see in each of us? And so in order to start that off, I wanted to give away $100 this morning. So I really hate that there's not really anybody out in the seats, but there were a few faithful volunteers and the staff showed up this morning. So volunteers down there on on the very front row, would any of you like to walk away with $100 today? Oh, sure. Pat Benfield, good for you. Let's give her a hand. Now, Pat, the message this morning is, what does God see in each of us? So in order to give away the money, uh, there's something that I want you to do first. So come on over. They already smelled this uh, online, that's why she is hesitant, but I have sort of threatened them that somebody had to come up here because this is the opening illustration of the message. So come on, over. Here, say in my little microphone what those are. Sardines. They are sardines. They sure are. And I smell like a sardine too, so that was a little uh, terrifying when I washed my hands earlier. Um, Where is the money? Do you see it? do. Where is it? It's under them. Under, under the uh, sardines. There is a hundred dollars in that little baggie, I promise, underneath the sardines, and I will give it to you if first you dig through the sardines and not with your hands, but with your mouth. The hundred dollars can be yours. Whatever you want to do, I will give you that $100 if you dig down in with the sardines. Are you really going to do it? Heck no. <laughs> well, thank you. Everybody give Pat a hand. I really thought I'm going to be out personally $100 because I don't use West money when I do these antics up here on the stage. I use my personal money, and I was going to be sad. I was getting nervous. Your face was getting awful close to that baggie. The point in that is so that the next time you see somebody with a sardine or you smell a sardine like you do right now, 
God sees each of us as beautiful. I don't think there's anybody out there, out there or out in here that wouldn't want $100. I mean, I think Pat was even debating it for just a small second because the bag was sort of sticking up on the side. She could have grabbed the bag perhaps without touching the sardines. But the bag was buried underneath the sardines and the, the juice of the sardines. And it's, it really is rather icky. If you want to get to the, the stuff that really matters, the beautiful stuff, the important stuff, sometimes we have to peel away all the ick and all the overgrowth that is on top. That is what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about how God sees us. I'm going to remove the sardines from the stage as far away as possible. And then I want us to leave the message experience, the worship experience this morning knowing this, that no matter how icky we may feel on the outside, how non-beautiful, how messed up, how full of anger and pain and hatred, all those things that seem to consume us and make us not feel very beautiful, God sees us beneath all that. And a relationship with God walking in the ways of Christ through the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit, that's what peels away all that ick. And God sees us as who we truly are, which is beautiful. So if you're worshiping at home this morning, there are some chances that there are others around you. If you are worshiping and there's not others around you, I want you to answer this question to yourself. If there are others around you, I want you to actually answer this question to each other. On a scale of 1 to 10, how beautiful do you think you are? On a scale from 1 to 10, how beautiful do you think you are? Take just a minute and answer that question. So I've heard uh, here in the room an eight, a five, a seven. Uh, I would say like a three. And honestly, well, that's true. I'm telling you the truth. Uh, being projected up on a big screen in your house, like I know what's going on in my house right now, that makes me cringe because there is nothing about this that needs to be projected onto a large 55-inch screen. But... You know what? No matter what we think about ourselves, God views us differently. God views us all as tens. But that's hard for us to hold on to. Because you see, there is stuff that we carry around. Past hurts and pain, anger, jealousy. Those things are sinful. And sin means anything that separates us from God. So when we have those things going on inside of us, that causes us to not see ourselves as beautiful. It starts to cloud us and and grow over our beauty. In the movie The Shack, Mac, who is the dad, suffers the tragic loss of his little girl, Missy. 
they are on a family camping trip. It's this beautiful weekend, and all of a sudden, Missy goes missing when he's out trying to save the life of his son who was involved in a canoeing accident. And then when he gets back to the shore, he finds out that Missy, who had been sitting there coloring, is missing. And so that is the plot of the whole movie. They end up finding that Missy had been tragically killed by a serial killer and at this place called the shack. And so then Mac gets this mystery note from God inviting Mac to the shack. Now the note is signed, Love Papa. Papa was Mac's wife's name for Missy. And, or not for Missy. Papa was Mac's wife's name for God. And so when he sees this note, love Papa, at first he thinks it's a cruel joke. But then he realizes that, no, wait a minute. Uh, God really did maybe invite him to the shack and to this experience. So he goes to visit the shack. When he gets there, he realizes that... It feels like a cruel joke. The shack is empty. The bloodstains are still on the ground and there is no God. And so he cries out in pain. And that's one of the first lessons of this message series that I want us to remember that it is okay to cry out in pain. It's okay to cry out in anger to God. God takes all those things and holds those things for us so that we don't have to hold on to them and ultimately make ourselves feel less beautiful with God. So the second part of this is Mac exploring this relationship with Papa, this ongoing dialogue, and he feels so disjointed from God, from Papa, so that's where we find ourselves today. Mac is full of bitterness and pain, anger, resentment, and he encounters this God figure, and they start to work through that. Now, in the shack, the Trinity is depicted, God the Father, known as Papa, Jesus Christ, and then Sarah Yu, which is known as the Holy Spirit. And so all three characters are interwoven into the dialogue with Mac. In just a minute, we're going to show you a scene from the shack where Mac is actually talking to and encountering the Holy Spirit, and he is expressing his frustrations. He's ready to go, and then the Holy Spirit encounters him, and something else happens. But before we do that, I want us to talk about gardening for just a minute. Some people really think that gardening is a beautiful experience. You go out and you prepare the soil and then you go plant the seeds and then you water them and the sun and all these things happen and then these seeds grow and they become these beautiful plants. So I wanted to show you a picture this morning of a couple of gardens. Take a look at the first one. You see these beautiful plants that are actually on like a shack? The second one? This is a garden from the Netherlands. You see how nicely groomed and everything is all together? And then I want to show you the third one. This is cactus, a cactus garden. It's still well groomed, it's just a little prickly. And then the final image that you'll see This is a garden with a bunch of weeds. When we let sin, anger, pain, resentment, jealousy, any of pride, any of those things that we let fill our souls, when we let those things have control of us, our souls end up looking like that garden full of weeds. And that's what Mac was experiencing in the shack. 
His soul was just so clouded with his anger and his pain toward God and toward the world and toward life that he couldn't see through that to see the beauty that lies within. So he has an encounter with the Holy Spirit. Take a look. Looking for the way out? If you are looking for your truck, it's up that way, just beyond the trees. You might need these, though. Thanks. Just to be clear, we're not justifying anything, but we'd like to heal it if you'd let us. Before you go, there's something in the garden I was hoping you could help me with before tomorrow's celebration. A celebration? If you want to know, you'll stick around. This is wild. <laughs> that isn't the word in your head. Okay, this is a mess. It is, isn't it? So beautiful. So that garden that Mac and the Holy Spirit, Sarah, you walk into is a depiction, and they go on to explain this in the movie. It's a depiction of Mac's soul. He goes, well, this is a mess, and then... She says it's beautiful. Yeah, it is a mess, but it's a beautiful mess. That's how God sees each of us. Yeah, we're a mess, but we're a beautiful mess. That is proven in Scripture. Listen to these words when God created humanity. God created mankind, humankind, in God's own image. And in the image of God... God created them male and female. God blessed them, and God saw all that he made, and it was good. So we are a beautiful mess to God. Now, if you go on and read the rest of Genesis, you see that, you know, so humanity, we messed up. We followed this internal desire to actually be God. So Adam and Eve are representative of humanity in the Garden of Eden, which is perfection. And so then the serpent or evil comes and challenges them and says, you know, look, I know you've been told that if you, you know, You can have anything but that one tree, the fruit of that one tree. But I'm going to tell you that if you'll have what's from that one tree, the reason that God doesn't want you to have it is because you will end up being just like God. But I'm here to tell you if you will actually taste the fruit of that tree, then everything is yours. Power, knowledge, wisdom, everything that a human could possibly want will be yours. You will be just like God. Now, we don't like to talk about that part, but isn't that what we do every day of our lives when we try to handle all our stuff? We face challenges at work, 
And we, we think we've got the skill and the acumen to solve those problems, so we just go it alone. Or we're having relationship issues, and, and those relationships are in turmoil. And instead of giving that to God, we think we know what we need to do to solve those issues. And so we go it alone. That's what Adam and Eve, represent, representing humanity in the Garden of Eden, did. They chose to go it alone, which then set the world in order. The, the notion that evil does exist, it became very real. And they exercised their free will and their power. And so now, in our world, bad things do happen. There are two opposing forces out there. There's good and there's evil. And every day, we have to make choices. Are we going to live as if we are God and we're trying to control everything and have power over everything? Or are we just going to give it up and give it to God? Because when we do that, we will find that we have peace. Sometimes we have a hard time finding that peace because we forget that God really does love us and that God sees us as a beautiful mess. In my years in ministry, I've visited lots of different people facing different challenges in their lives. There's one common thread and theme that goes through those visits when they are facing hard roads ahead. Especially when they first get that diagnosis, they start asking things like, Why me? And does God not love me? The beautiful thing is that as we go through those conversations, they realize that, you know what, bad things just happen. Life happens. Things like cancer and other diseases, they happen. It doesn't mean that God doesn't love us. It means that God is there with us in and through all of these things. But that aha moment that I get to experience with these folks is when they realize that all the stuff that they've been carrying around, the pain, the anger, the hurt, the resentment, the jealousy, all those things that we named as sin a little earlier, that God loves us in spite of all that. Sometimes I think we get so clouded with who we think we are and all the negative stuff that consumes us, we forget how beautiful God is. And that God is a God of grace and a God of love and a God of forgiveness. If you read in the book of Psalms, you'll find the psalmist writes, God, you created my innermost being. God, you knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. How precious to me are your thoughts, God, and how vast is the sum of them. And then in the book of Isaiah, God says, Since you are precious and honored in my sight, and because I love you, I will always be there for you. So that's the point of the message today. That no matter how bad things have been, how bad we have been, that there is nothing ever that separates us from the love of God. Those words that we read from the book of Psalms and Isaiah, honored, precious, beautiful, cherished. God knit us together. You know, there's a colloquialism that God didn't make junk. And I think that's true. 
And the beautiful part is just like those sardines when you had to, you know, go through them to get to the, the, the prize, God weeds through all of our stuff and all of our junk and gets to the beautiful part, which is our soul. And there's nothing that can happen within our souls that makes us unlovable to God. So as we go through this thing called life, and we face trouble and adversity and death, lost jobs, financial troubles, lost relationships, and just struggles, just everyday struggles, if we could just hold on to the fact that God sees us as beautiful, each and every one, no matter what we've got going on inside, that the God who created the universe, God the creator, God the creator of humanity, and said, it is good. Even when humanity messed up, God still said, it is good. Jesus, who came and showed us what, what God was like, Jesus said, look, you're going to go through life and it's going to be tough You're going to worry and you're going to have anxiety, but you don't have to worry. You see those sparrows that fly in the sky? If I love those, don't you think I love you? I know the numbers of hair on your head. And if you'll do life with me, I'm going to carry all those burdens and I'm going to carry that pain and I'll bring you healing through my love and through my grace. If you watch The Shack, and I do highly recommend you watch the movie, you see that. You see that as Matt goes through the rest of the journey, that God, through the power of the Trinity, does bring healing, restoration, and grace. Jesus was telling his followers this thing uh, about a yoke. I want to show you a picture of it. This is a yoke. It was put on oxen, and then they would go and do what oxen do. They would garden and pull things. Can you tell I'm not a farmer? If you look at this picture, you see there are two heads through the yoke. Now, if one of these animals was missing, can you imagine how heavy the burden would be to carry But the fact that they are both there and they are pulling together and they're working together, it makes the work so much easier. Jesus, when he was teaching, he said, I want you, I want you, people who are listening to me, you, my followers, you who might take a chance on loving me and then loving God, take my yoke upon you. When you're weary and you're burdened, Take my yoke upon you, and I will bring you rest. That's the beautiful God we worship. Told oceans where to start and where to end You set in motion time and space 
till you come and you're calling me by name. Still you come and you're calling me by name. If you can hold the stars in place, you can hold my heart the same. Whenever I fall away, whenever I start to break. So here I am, lifting up my heart to the one who holds the stars. Steps the darkest nights can't separate, can't keep me from your side. I get so lost, forget my way, but still you love and you don't forget my name. If you can hold the stars in place, you can hold my heart the same. Whenever I fall away, whenever I start to break, so here I am, lifting up my heart. If you can calm the raging sea, you can calm the storm in me. Whenever I fall away. You never show up too late, so here I am, lifting up my heart to the one who holds the stars. You can hold my heart the same whenever I fall away, whenever I start to break. So here I am, lifting up my heart. If you can calm the raging sea, you can calm the storm in me. You're never too far away. You never show up too. So here I am, lifting up my heart to the one who holds the stars. Let us pray. Gracious God, you do call us each by name. And you tell us that all we have to do is offer ourselves to you, and then really you do do the rest. You bring us healing, you bring us restoration. You bring us forgiveness, and you bring us hope. So this morning, wherever we are in our journeys with you, or if it's a new journey with you, God, will you surround us and fill us with your peace and with your grace? Show us that we are a beautiful mess to you. In Christ's name we pray.
Amen. I want to thank all the volunteers that are here this morning and that made today happen. And thank you for choosing to worship with us online. Have a great Sunday.